America spends five to ten times more on health care than any other country in the world. Then why does America rank number 43 worldwide for longevity? Third world countries such as Cuba and Costa Rica rank higher than the U.S. So what's wrong with health care in America? This is what's wrong. Our $3 trillion healthcare industry is focused on disease management, while 70% of our planet relies on traditional indigenous medicine that is focused on health optimization. Learn how. Join Dr. Dan Royal on the show, The Royal Treatment, bringing you the latest information on the best of medicine, biotechnology, and pharmacology, as well as secrets from the past. These secrets have withstood the test of time and are being rediscovered today. In fact, indigenous healthcare practitioners are using them for the benefit of their patients who seek optimal health and wellness. Now, here is Dr. Dan Royal. Greetings, listeners. I am Dr. Dan Royal, R-O-Y-A-L. Just like it sounds, Royal Blue. And I'm here every week with the Royal Treatment, bringing you the latest and the greatest in medicine, medical breakthroughs scientific discoveries, publications. We share all of that with you to keep you informed because it's very important that you have good, up-to-date information to make decisions when it comes to your health care. Because as you know, if you haven't already discovered, you, my friends, are 100% responsible for your health and well-being. I'm talking about mental, emotional, spiritual, and, of course, physical. Doctors can't help you. Maybe you know that by now. We have a disease management system that is designed for managing symptoms, but curing nothing. If you want to cure, it's up to you, and there are ways by which it can be done, but you have to help the body achieve that through natural means. And we talk about that and all subjects related thereto on this program every week. But first, I'd like to thank our sponsors, the Turtle Healing Band Clinic, THBC or THB Clinic here in Las Vegas. That's where I work. We're actually only a couple of miles east of the Strip and across the street from Desert Springs Hospital. The Turtle Healing Band Clinic is under the jurisdiction of the Crow Nation of Indians. That's right. This is an Indian Nation facility. We thank them for their support. They've exercised jurisdiction over the practice of traditional medicine, which is not regulated by any states in this country, with the exception of Arizona that has a homeopathic board. But the Crow Nation, or Tribe of Indians, has also created the First Nation Medical Board, another sponsor of ours, that was designed to license practitioners, such as myself, who use medical alternatives in their practices. Now, those medical alternatives could be things as simple as prolotherapy could be exosomes which is all the rage in attracting stem cells or it could be stem cells could be prp or platelet rich plasma it could be any number of things but if you're doing something that is non-traditional or i should say non-conventional then you're taking your license at risk that's where the first nation medical board can be of help my friends we have doctors mds and do's around the country that need dual licensure for that kind of protection. But we also have practitioners who need a home, such as Nature Pass, which are licensed in a little less than half the states in this country, yet they are trained in naturopathic medicine, and they need a license. We can help them with that through the First Nation Medical Board. So First Nation Medical Board and the Turtle Human Clinic are sponsors of this program, the Royal Treatment. Now, my friends, every week we go through our obituaries, we're going to be doing that today. We will be looking at people who died too young from diseases they shouldn't have had locally and internationally. We're also going to be talking about what I think is the most versatile supplement on the planet. That is progesterone. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about our liver and its importance again. And we're going to talk about how you can build resistance for stress. All of that on today's program. Now, why do we review the obituaries? Nobody else gives a care, but we do. Because, frankly, it's interesting. And I don't want you, my friends, to be a statistic like these people we're hopefully going to be learning from today. Guess what? 
average life expectancy is going down in the United States. It has been going down for the last three years. And drumroll, please, it has now gone down for four years in a row. What is the average life expectancy in the United States? It has now gone down from 81.2 to 81.0 for women and from 76.4 for men to 76.0. This is over the last year. That sets a new record for the United States in decreasing life expectancy. I bet you didn't know that, that it is getting worse in this country. Now, we're actually better than most other countries around the world. Well, except for Canada. But even so, we should be better than we are and increasing, not decreasing. So let's get started. Let's look at people who died just this last week locally. Now, when I say locally, I'm talking about the Las Vegas and Reno areas here in Nevada, where I live and practice. First, we have a 24-year-old woman, a variety school graduate who passed away. She was 24, no cause of death given. 30-year-old man, a pipe fitter, passed away peacefully in his sleep. Sounds like sudden death syndrome or death from heart attack. At 30 years of age, we have a 32-year-old man, a businessman, an artist, passed away. 36-year-old man, a life flight medic, passed away. 50-year-old man, an area manager for integrity staffing solutions, passed away. 53-year-old man passed away. 54-year-old man, an investment advisor, passed away. 56-year-old man who served as a sergeant in the United States Air Force passed away. A 59-year-old man, a trial attorney, died sudden and unexpected. That's from heart attack or sudden death syndrome. 52-year-old man, an American Airlines pilot, passed away after a long and courageous battle with cancer. 78-year-old man, a school teacher, passed away from his battle with Parkinson's disease and diabetes. We have a 77-year-old woman who died peacefully at home from cancer. 81-year-old woman, a basketball coach, passed away from cancer. And finally, an 82-year-old man who passed away after a long and courageous battle with multiple cancers. Well, you see that cancer is becoming more important, becoming the number one cause of death in this country and around the world. Currently, the number one cause of death in 16 of 19 industrialized nations. And the number two cause of death is heart disease. And the number three cause of death I'm talking about in this country is doctors. That's drug side effects in hospitals. I'm Dr. Dan Royal. You're listening to The Royal Treatment. We're going to take a short break and continue our discussion when we come back. Stay with us. After forming all the organs and body components necessary for human life, stem cells disappear, right? No. Stem cells are present in all of us just waiting for an opportunity to regenerate organs, joints, ligaments, muscles, and other body tissues they originally formed. Dr. Dan Royal has developed a unique patent-pending process for obtaining stem cells from your own blood. Stem cells can be concentrated, prepared, and delivered to areas where you need them most to repair old, damaged, and dying cells. Can your own stem cells help rejuvenate your body? To find out, call Dr. Dan Royal at 702-562-1454. Your own naturally occurring stem cells are the ultimate anti-aging treatment. They can be used to improve facial appearance and hair growth, as well as for aches, pains, and other conditions. Could your own stem cells help you achieve optimal health and wellness? Find out by calling Dr. Royal at 702-562-1454. Don't wait. Call today. That number again is 702-562-1454. Take a look under your bed. Find stuff under there? What about jobs? No? Now try your basement. There's a pair of overalls that overall you're not so into anymore. A perfectly good laptop that hasn't sat in your lap in months. And even more stuff, but still no jobs? Well, you really have both. See, stuff is defined as household articles considered as a group. Sometimes this stuff is no longer needed. Wait, no longer needed? That can't be right. Because remember those jobs you were looking for? Those are really needed. And they're the stuff inside your stuff. Even inside that winter coat that moved with you to Phoenix. Our job is to unlock those jobs. And it starts when you donate your stuff to your local Goodwill. Here's how we do it. When you donate to Goodwill, we sell your stuff to provide job training for people right here in your community. So just by teaming up with Goodwill, you help create jobs. And isn't that worth parting with the leftover guitar from your 80s cover band? Goodwill. Donate stuff, create jobs. Find your nearest donation center at Goodwill.org. A message from Goodwill and the Ad Council. As an 18-year-old, I let my mistakes kind of take over my life. I was 0.5 credits away from completing high school, and I didn't do it. Ten years later, at age 28, Jackie finished her high school diploma. 
when I found out that I was pregnant, I know that I had to do something for myself if I wanted to make her a better person and provide a better life for her. My family never stopped pushing for me to be better because they knew what I could become and who I could become as a person. My support team is amazing. The educational director, my sister, and even my seven-year-old daughter has just been more than the support that I could ask for. I've been given an opportunity, and I'm just thankful for it. No one gets a diploma alone. If you're thinking of finishing your high school diploma, you have help. Find free adult education classes near you at finishyourdiploma.org. That's finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. This is Oliver X. Join me and the superstar at Jeunesse Carter weekday mornings from 8 to 9 on the Reno Talk Tonight Show on America Matters Media. Are you shy and don't want to talk on the air? Text us your questions or comments to 775-237-2266. Now back to the show. We are back to the show. Thank you for sticking with us. We were, before the break, reviewing obituaries. People who died too young from diseases they shouldn't have had. Now, before we go on, you need to reach me at any time. You can always email me at droyal, R-O-Y-A-L, at royalmedicalclinic.com. I've had that email for, well, over 20 years. So I keep it. D is in Daniel Royal at royalmedicalclinic.com, all one word. Or you can call us here at the Turtle Healing Man Clinic, THB Clinic, 702-562-1454-702-562-1454. Just last Friday, we did a unique treatment on one of our patients. We call it a caudal block. I'll talk more about that on another program. But if you'd like information, feel free to email me. It's for people who have chronic pain. However, this is a healing treatment. You have epidurals where they use steroids and anti-inflammatory to mask the pain and interrupt it, hopefully temporarily. But the caudal block is a permanent treatment. It's injected in the area of the sacrum, between the sacrum and the coccyx, as a way of accessing the area where your nerves are in your lower back and spine, and help to heal them. Now, we can use prolotherapy-type solutions. In the case of my patient, we used a combination of PRP, which we obtained from the plasma. Plasma contains PRP, or platelet-rich protein, and we combine that with exosomes. Exosomes are another alternative to stem cells. Some think that they are actually even better than stem cells. We can certainly get much higher numbers. So instead of using, let's say, 5 million stem cells, we have 400 billion exosomes. We treated the patient, and she felt fantastic after leaving the office. Now, we treated two patients that day. One of them was sore the next day, but the other one was feeling great. You can never tell exactly how someone's going to react. As a general rule, I'd rather they react than not react because that's part of the healing response. But that reaction only lasts a day or two, and they're back to feeling pretty good on their way to full recovery. It can happen. It happened to myself about 10 years ago, having dealt with back pain since I was a teenager for a few decades. Receiving stem cells took that back pain away. And there was nothing heroic about it. It was simply an IV infusion of my own stem cells, which we obtained from the blood. That story, perhaps I will go into more detail later on another show. Let's continue talking about obituaries. Now we're going to look at international celebrity notables who died last week, too young from diseases they shouldn't have had. We have Ibrahim Diara. Ibrahim Diara, French rugby union player, died at 36 years of age from surgical complications after stroke and cardiac arrest. He was 36. Rich Rundles, American professional baseball player for the Cleveland Indians, died at 38 years of age from natural causes. Sure he did. Mr. Nibla, Mexican professional wrestler, died at 46 years of age from a blood infection that resulted from elbow treatment he received in the hospital. He was 46. Maskam Ushikov, Russian animator and actor, died at 47 years of age after a short illness. Now, whether it's a short or long illness, that's code for cancer. Jerry Alanguilan, Filipino comic book artist and writer, died at 51 years of age. 
I apologize if I can't pronounce all these foreign celebrity names accurately. Do I do the best I can? Angelo Lozada, American comedian, died at 53 years of age from stomach cancer. Greg Kirk, American member of the Georgia State Senate, died at 56 years of age from bile duct cancer. We have Nanjudan, Indian writer, died at 58 years of age from cardiac arrest after being found four days later in his home on the floor. That's not the way you want to go. Make sure you have a friend in your life who's checking on you. Erica Tishman, American architect, died at 60 years of age after being hit on the head from falling debris from a building in Manhattan. I thought that was actually ironic. 60 years of age, dead, an architect, after being hit on the head from falling debris from a building. Banwari Lal Sharma, Indian politician, died at 61 years of age after a prolonged illness and battle with cancer. Tree Bravo, an Mexican-American actor, TV personality, died suddenly at 63 years of age. He had been hospitalized with stomach pains. Prasanna J. Awardina, Sri Lankan Justice of the Supreme Court, died at 63 years of age while receiving treatment in the hospital. Mustafa Muezinovic, Bosnian politician, Prime Minister, died at 64 years of age. Jamie Lee Hamilton, Canadian politician and sex workers advocate, died at 64 years of age from colon cancer. Pays to take care of yourself, and there are things that can be done to prevent that. Robert Kincaid, American chef, died at 67 years of age after a long-time battle with heart disease and diabetes. James Shepard, American medical researcher, co-founder and chairman of Shepard Center, died at 68 years of age. Roland Mathis, German swimmer, Olympic and world champion, died at 69 years of age after a short but serious illness, cancer. Billy Hughes, Scottish soccer player for the national team, died at 70 years of age after a long illness, also cancer. Judd Phillips, Jr., American music industry executive, died at 71 years of age after a long-time battle with throat cancer. Jan De Laval, Swedish actor, died at 71 years of age after a period of illness. Yoshio Mochizuki, Japanese politician, died at 72 years of age from liver failure. We're going to talk about the liver later in this program. Thomas Shandy, Indian politician, died at 72 years of age after a battle with cancer. Ramachandra Babu, Indian cinematographer, died at 72 years of age from a heart attack. Stefan Angelov, Bulgarian wrestler, Olympic bronze medalist in 72 and 76, died at 72 years of age after a short illness. Matty Odd, Finnish politician, died at 73 years of age from pancreatic cancer. Fitz Kunzili, or Kunzli, Swiss, a Swiss soccer player for the national team, died at 73 years of age from Alzheimer's disease. Edward Krieger, Austrian soccer player for the national team, not unlike the Swiss player, he also died at 73, but from a long illness. Sam Strahan, New Zealand rugby union player for the national team, died at 74 years of age suddenly. Heart attack. William Higgins, American gay pornographic film director, died at 74 years of age from a heart attack. Jules Diedler, Dutch poet, died at 75 years of age after a short illness. Martin Peters, English soccer player for the national team and manager, died at 76 years of age from Alzheimer's disease. Arthur Vero, an American politician, member of the Maine House of Representatives, died at 77 years of age from a heart attack. And finally, Ahmed Salah, Algerian military officer, chief of staff of the People's National Army, died at 79 years of age from a heart attack. Well, that's the list of notable celebrities who died just this last week, too young, from diseases they shouldn't have had. Well, we do want to look at progesterone, the most versatile supplement on the planet. And we will do that right after the break. Stay with us. (laughs) 
Low-dose chemotherapy uses only 10 to 20% of full-dose chemo, and it's known as IPT, or insulin-potentiated therapy. It's one of the safest and most innovative approaches to treating cancer effectively. IPT virtually eliminates side effects of full-dose chemo, such as nausea, hair loss, and fatigue. Could IPT be the answer you've been searching for? To find out, call Dr. Dan Royal at 702-562-1454. IPT uses low-dose chemo with insulin. Cancer cells have up to 20 times more insulin receptors and use up to 20 times more sugar than normal cells. That's why cancer cells thrive while normal cells struggle to survive. One study showed that using low-dose chemo with insulin resulted in a 10,000% increase in cancer-killing ability. Could IPT with low-dose chemo and insulin help you? Call Dr. Royal at 702-562-1454 to see if you qualify for IPT. That's 702-562-1454. Wynema Ranch Wild Horse Sanctuary, a preserve dedicated to keeping America's wild mustangs and burros running free. Wynema Ranch, 29 miles north of Reno near Hallelujah Junction. An amazing site to visit. Over 130 of God's majestic animals at home on the range. Experience the beauty and wonder. Give at WynemaRanch.com. That's W-Y-N-E-M-A Ranch.com or call 775-384-4444. Wynema Ranch. Virginia City is the source of all the richness in the West. While today it brings us a summer of fun with camel races, cook-offs, street vibrations, outhouse races, parades, and many more events, it's never dull on the Comstock. A taste of all this richness can be found at Virginia City Kettle Corn Depot. Our kettle corn is made fresh every day with no additives, just coconut oil, sea salt, and some pure cane sugar. We also offer fresh caramel corn and white cheddar, to which we can add jalapeno. This summer, we are adding freshly made cotton candy and for hot summer days, Hawaiian shave ice, which on special occasions will offer some adult flavors like margarita, daiquiri, and pina colada. You can find Kettle Corn Depot at the south end of C Street, across from the Sheriff's Office. Our longstanding customers have faithfully been returning to Kettle Corn Depot since 2012. Come get your groove on in Virginia City. Opiates has taken everything and everyone I've ever loved away from me. Everything. I blew my ankle out and I got prescribed pain pills by my doctor. If making my detox public is going to help somebody, I'm all for it. I just wish I would have had a warning. Opioid dependence can happen after just five days. Know the truth. Spread the truth. A message from Truth, the Ad Council, and ONDCP. This is America Matters Media on AM 1180 KCKQ. A Lotus Broadcast Station. The power of radio since 1967. Want to expand your advertising dollar? Sponsor this or any America Matters program by calling 775-827-8900, extension 2. Now back to the show. We're back, my friends. And as promised, we're going to be talking about progesterone. I consider it the most versatile supplement. Why do I say that? Well, we can use it in men, women, and children, even infants, even pregnant women. We use it in children, for example, who have issues with bedwetting. We use it in women to help regulate their cycles. We use it in men to help reduce the size of their prostate. It's also fantastic in reducing adrenaline associated with stress. I used it in one of my grandsons when he was having colic. It took care of that after he'd been crying continuously and nothing else would work. Recently, my daughter who's pregnant was having vertigo. That's dizziness. That's difficult to treat, although there is a medicine for it. And we have found that there is something that works very well for that treatment, and it is progesterone. She used it, and the vertigo was abated. Now, the reason people who get vertigo do not want to take the medication is it wipes them out for a day. You can get Vertigo Heal, if you can find it, that was produced by the company Heal from Germany. The FDA ran them out of the country because they have products, frankly, that work. And then they made Vertigo Heal a prescription. It's only available by prescription in the state of Arizona. So the next best thing is progesterone. So let's talk about 
progesterone. Now, when I talk about this hormone, I'm talking about natural progesterone. We're not talking about synthetic drug-made progesterone, which is also known as progestin, that acts more like estrogen and has side effects. We're not talking about that. Natural hormones don't have side effects. So let's get started. In 1930, progesterone was shown to support pregnancy in animals, while estrogen was already recognized as causing breast cancer. That's 100 years ago, my friends, or going on 100 years. I guess it's 90 years. In the 1940s, while Alexander Lipschitz was showing that progesterone could prevent cancer, Think about that. It's anti-carcinogenic. And Katharina Dalton was starting to use it to treat PMS. It treats all the symptoms of PMS. As I mentioned, it helps regulate a woman's cycle. The pharmaceutical industry was claiming that they had produced synthetic drugs more useful than progesterone during pregnancy, which they called progestogens or progestins. In 1941, a synthetic estrogen, DES, already known to cause cancer miscarriages, was approved for medical use in women. And in that same year, Charles Huggins began using it to treat prostate cancer. A Nobel Prize winning insane idea. A few years later, DES was promoted by Professors George and Olive Smith at Harvard to treat pregnant women. Millions of women received the treatment, leading to deformities and cancers in the following generation, thanks to these Harvard professors. In 1942, the FDA approved Premarin, an extract of horse urine containing about 50 kinds of estrogen for treating menopause symptoms with no evidence of effectiveness whatsoever. And the insurance of the manufacturer, Wyeth Erst, Erst, Wyeth Erst, that it was safe. No studies, no evidence, just assurances. 30 years after the approval of Premarin in 1972, the FDA announced that it was effective 30 years later. Government research was designed to support the pharmaceutical industry. So in 2002, the medical world was shocked when the Women's Health Initiative reported that the study showed that the combination of Permanent and Provera, a synthetic progestin, contributed to dementia, strokes, clots, heart disease, and breast cancer. Remember, these are drugs with side effects. And the number three leading cause of death in the United States is from drug side effects and hospital mistakes. Breast cancer incidence decreased substantially during the first few years of decreased estrogen consumption following this 2002 report. Money began flowing to researchers who would try to show that progesterone was actually responsible for all of the harmful effects of estrogen. When a famous physiologist, Charles Edward Brown Sigard, reported that subcutaneous injections of a testicular extract had a sexually rejuvenating effect, people were shocked and denounced him as a quack. Later, when others reported powerfully beneficial effects from extracts of the adrenal cortex, there was a similar response. Neither of those glands, they said, could contain enough hormone to produce the effects that were reported. Actually, it takes very little testosterone to increase libido in a woman. But if a man or a woman has low libido, they need testosterone. And guess what? You can get hormones from other steroids made in your adrenal cortex, including progesterone, estrogen, and testosterone. In 1940, Hans and Christiane Dasne described the adrenal cortex extract as being rich in the life-preserving principle. In studying the physiology of stress, which he called the general adaptation syndrome, Selye noticed that the adrenal glands of pregnant rats could be removed without leading to death from minor stresses, but that the usual stresses would kill them after they had given birth. Suspecting that it was progesterone produced by the placenta that made the difference, he found the adrenal ectomized rats could live a normal stress-resistant lifespan if they received a regular progesterone supplement. Since the life-preserving principle of adrenal cortex extract had consisted of a complex mixture of substances, his discovery that the single substance, progesterone, could replace it should have aroused great interest in discovering the way that substance affected every part of the organism. 
In Selye's syndrome, the adaptations are to harmful events such as infections or traumas, and the hormones of the adrenal cortex, especially cortisol and aldosterone, allow the organism to overcome those, but with a cost, the chronic harmful effect of those hormones. For example, cortisol causes tissue atrophy or shrinkage, and aldosterone causes tissue fibrosis or hardening. Progesterone, besides substituting for the absence of those hormones, protects against their chronic degenerative effects, blocking, for example, both atrophy and fibrosis. While progesterone happens to be a very convenient supplement for an individual lacking adrenal glands when confronting stresses, that doesn't explain its basic biological meaning. For example, why it's synthesized in the brain, where its concentration is much higher than in the blood, and why its synthesis and concentration rise steadily during pregnancy, and why its concentration corresponds to the size of the brain, and why birds and reptiles synthesize it. Interestingly, if a woman wants to have a child with a higher IQ, guess what she should do? Take more progesterone. It's concentrated as well as synthesized in the brain. Very important for neuronal adaption as well as production. The progesterone has a wide range of effects. I once had a woman in my office. She was pregnant and complaining of not so uncommon morning sickness. I had her try some progesterone in my office, and within 10 minutes, the morning sickness was gone, which indicates that morning sickness may actually be a result of not having enough progesterone. These women have progesterone that is off the charts when they're pregnant, and nothing bad is happening. In fact, all good, and the more, the better. The hormone of cellular stress reaction, cortisol and aldosterone and estrogen, become dominant, shrinking muscles and immune tissues, reducing oxidative metabolism. And if the process is prolonged, increasing fibrosis, cell type reversion or de-differentiation, inflammation, and interference with cell renewal. That's the stress reaction where cortisol and aldosterone are produced, along with estrogen, from your adrenal glands. Even if the adrenal glands fail to produce an excess of these stress hormones, they can be produced in the brain. Got that? These anti-developmental, negatively adaptive changes eventually lead to the various stress-related and degenerative diseases. In Selye's Encyclopedia of Endocrinology, he observed that progesterone can not only compensate for an absence of the essential hormones of the adrenal cortex, it, progesterone, can also block the effects of an excess of these hormones. It can block the stress-related degenerative processes produced by those hormones. And it is required for the creative progression of the organism into higher states of being, supporting self-actualizing brain development. Very interesting. The role of progesterone deficiency in epilepsy, depression, mania, heart failure, dementia, osteoporosis, neuropathies, myopathies, hypertension, pulmonary arterial hypertension, fibrosis, autoimmunity, and glaucoma have been neglected because of its classification as a pregnancy hormone. I had a patient in my office just the other day who was complaining that she has depression or was diagnosed with depression. They have her on three different antidepressants. They really don't know what's wrong with her, but she complained of being depressed and they put her on a medicine. And when that didn't work, they put her on a second medicine. When that didn't work, they put her on a third medicine. Now, when she tries to get off the medicine, she has a withdrawal type reaction where she is crying. I told her most likely her moods could be corrected with natural hormones. She's 59. Now she's postmenopausal. She makes zero estrogen and likely zero progesterone. And so she needs some help. Progesterone is not only anti-carcinogenic. It not only helps to neutralize and lower adrenaline, but it is antidepressant. And so we will be trying that with her in the very near future. Now, people who are going to have a biopsy or other surgery 
can be responsible for either timing the operation to coincide with the luteal phase. And I'm talking about a woman when their progesterone is high or for using progesterone supplement before the procedure. This actually helps reduce any risk associated with the stress of the surgery. Well, there are so many stories to tell about progesterone, and we've actually had a guest on our program in the past, Dr. Michael Platt, who has written a book on this subject, The Adrenal uh, Stress Hormone and the many ways by which it can be used and which he has used it for his patients. Well, that's progesterone. And if you would like some more information about it, feel free to email me at droyal at royalmedicalclinic.com. That's D as in Daniel Royal, R-O-Y-A-L at royalmedicalclinic, all one word, dot com. Quickly, let's take a look at where we're headed in this country with obesity. Ten years from now, nearly half of U.S. adults will be obese. Did you know that? If current trends continue, researchers predict noting that almost one quarter will be severely obese and the epidemic will hit some states even harder. By 2030, 48.9% of adults nationwide will be obese. Defined as having a body mass index of 30 to 35, the prevalence of obesity will be more than 50% in 29 states. And it will not be less than 35% in any state. Now, this is according to the Harvard School of Public Health in Boston. The... The prevalence of severe obesity will be higher than 25% in 25 states, and I'm talking in the year 2030, and 24.2% of adults will be severely obese with a BMI of 35 or greater. A state-by-state analysis found that obesity prevalence will reach 58% in such states as Alabama, Arkansas, Mississippi, Oklahoma, States projected to have the lowest prevalence of obesity by 2030 include California, Colorado, and Hawaii. Obesity is difficult to prevent and treat. There is no magic bullet. There are so many things that can be done and so many things that may be wrong. I had a patient in my office recently who came in for nutritional testing. She had gastric bypass surgery. She went to her oncologist who apparently has given her IV iron, which is somewhat risky. You can have an anaphylactic reaction to it, and it's also very expensive. But there's a company that specializes in making supplements for this patient called Bariatric Advantage. We put her on the iron. We'll check for her nutritional deficiencies, and we should be able to help her without having to have IVs the rest of her life. That's ridiculous. I'm Dr. Dan Royal. You're listening to The Royal Treatment. We're going to continue our discussion when we come back from the break. So please stay with us. Can your own stem cells heal you? The miracle of life begins when an egg and a sperm unite. They form a single stem cell. Stem cells will keep dividing until directed by the body to become something else. Natural occurring stem cells can be found in all tissues of your body. Can your own stem cells help your body heal and repair itself? Find out more by calling Dr. Dan Royal at 702-562-1454. Dr. Royal has developed a unique patent-pending process for obtaining stem cells from your own blood. Stem cells can be concentrated, prepared, and delivered to areas where you need them most to repair old, damaged, and dying cells. Can your own stem cells help your body heal and repair itself? Are you a cancer patient in remission who needs rejuvenation for optimal health and wellness? Find out more by calling Dr. Dan Royal at 702-562-1454. Don't wait. Call today. That number again is 702-562-1454. As humans, we ask ourselves all kinds of questions. But what if we were forced to ask ourselves a question every day that affected the outcome of the most basic things, the most important things in our lives? The question is, what is your sexual orientation or gender identity? And the answer is the difference between keeping your job or getting fired. The answer is the difference between staying in your home or getting evicted. The answer is the difference between receiving medical treatment or not. Because in 31 states, it's legal to discriminate against people based on their answer to this question. LGBT Americans have the right to say, I do, but they don't have the same basic rights as everyone else. Get the facts at beyondido.org. Brought to you by the Gill Foundation and the Ad Council. 
Hey, Dr. Phil here. I help people solve difficult and trying personal problems every day on my TV show, but there's one problem that's just got me stumped. Childhood hunger. Nearly 16 million children in America struggle with it. That's one in five kids who may not know where their next meal is coming from, despite the fact that there's more than enough healthy, nutritious food out there to feed them all. Now, I don't know about you, but that is unacceptable to me. Luckily, the Feeding America network of good people is out there collecting surplus food and giving hope to hungry children and their families at local food banks all across the country. But let's face it, they can't do it without your help. Join me in supporting Feeding America and your local food bank at feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Together, we can solve hunger. Together, we're Feeding America. This is America Matters Media on AM 1180 KCKQ. A Lotus Broadcast Station. The power of radio since 1967. Unable to listen to the whole show? A recording of today's program will be available later today. Visit americamatters.us and click on the podcast link. Now, back to the show. We are back to the show, and I'm Dr. Dan Royal, and you, my friends, are listening to The Royal Treatment. If you would uh, like to contact me because you have a question for which you need an answer, please feel free to email me anytime at droyal, R-O-Y-A-L, at royalmedicalclinic.com. He isn't Daniel Royal at royalmedicalclinic, all one word, dot com. You can also call us here at the Turtle Healing Bank Clinic, THB Clinic, 702-562-1454, Well, now we are going to talk about your liver. Now, we've talked about the liver before, but we're going to talk about something that's, well, related to the liver, something you need to know about. It's actually something that you can be checked for. And if you have it, your doctor will do Zippo, do nothing, when in reality, you need to be doing something. The liver is the key to optimal health. There is potentially deadly condition that affects one in three Americans, yet you've likely never heard of it. In the early stages, it has virtually no symptoms. In fact, it's so prevalent that serious scientists are sending strong warnings in medical literature that are not getting mainstream traction. This virtually unknown condition is fatty liver, referred to as non-alcoholic fatty liver disease and non-alcoholic steatohepatitis. Now, the liver has many important functions, but to name a few, let's consider some facts about the liver. It's the second largest organ in the body next to your skin. It's the only organ that can regenerate itself. The liver makes glucose, a sugar the body makes for a quick burst of energy. The brain depends on a healthy liver, and the liver detoxifies not only food, but water, as well as the air we breathe. With the help of vitamin K, the liver produces proteins that are important in blood clotting. It also has one of the organs that break down old or damaged blood cells. I should say it is one of the organs, the other being the spleen. Now, one in three Americans, or nearly 100 million of us, have a fatty liver, a condition where liver function is compromised because of excess fat. Now, this is much more important than cholesterol, which is uh, somewhat of a joke because you need cholesterol for all of your hormone production, but that's another issue. Fatty liver doesn't just occur when people consume too much alcohol or when they're overweight. It happens to slim Americans. The scary part of this is that regular blood tests may not detect fatty liver in its early stages, a frustrating situation for those who have advanced liver disease. Fatty liver is associated as having a pivotal role in many disease states, however. Now, you can check a fatty liver by getting an ultrasound, and they will simply say, you have a fatty liver. And what will your doctor do? Absolutely nothing. What can you do? Well, you can do copy treatments. We've talked about that on this program. Feel free to email me if you would like those instructions. It helps to detoxify the liver to hydrate the body as well as clean the colon. You can also take certain liver supplements such as glutathione, which is a liver detoxifier that our body naturally produces but 
Sometimes we need more. Fatty liver is associated with heart disease. The connection between fatty liver and early signs of plaque in the coronary arteries is increasingly compelling. Instead of realizing that a healthy liver is the key to heart health, the establishment pushes statin drugs, which directly block key liver functions and, in the opinion of some medical professionals, make a bad situation worse. Statins block key liver functions, which inhibit coenzyme Q and other important mitochondrial energy functions. Donald W. Miller, Emeritus Professor of Surgery and former Chief of Cardiothoracic Surgery at the University of Washington and Swedish Heart Institute in Seattle, Washington, made the point that statins increase the risk of diabetes and shockingly cause atherosclerosis, the very condition statins are supposed to prevent. Statins block the conversion of vitamin K1 to K2, which causes calcification, according to Dr. Miller, also by blocking Q10 and heme or iron synthesis in your blood, statins weaken the heart muscle, causing heart failure. Plus, a scarred liver slows down blood flow, causing excessive clotting. When will the medical establishment wake up to the fact that a healthy functioning liver, which makes cholesterol, may play a much more important role in maintaining heart health than questionable drugs that block key liver functions? Fatty liver is also linked to metabolic syndrome, diabetes, and blood sugar issues. The relationship between fatty liver and metabolic syndrome is striking. Those who have fatty liver often have metabolic syndrome and vice versa. The Lancet, a British medical journal, explains metabolic syndrome is a cluster of metabolic abnormalities that identifies people at risk of diabetes and cardiovascular disease, whereas non-alcoholic fatty liver disease is defined as a disorder with excess fat in the liver due to non-alcoholic causes. Two key components of metabolic syndrome, glucose and triglycerides, are overproduced by the fatty liver. The liver is therefore a key determinant of metabolic abnormalities. The presence of both metabolic syndrome and fatty liver increases with obesity. As we said earlier in the program, that is on the rise in this country in every single state. Other acquired causes for both disorders include excessive intake of simple sugars and physical inactivity. Both disorders predict type 2 diabetes, cardiovascular disease, non-alcoholic steatohepatitis, and hepatocellular carcinoma or cancer. People need to realize that metabolic syndrome isn't just about cutting carbs or jumping on the latest fad diet bandwagon. Less than optimal liver health may be the risk factor here and cause the cause may be something environmental, such as air or water in those eating strict, organic, proper diets. Fatty liver is also linked to brain aging, dementia, and other health problems. Did you know that those with fatty liver have shrunken, smaller than normal brains? There's a connection. Fatty liver is implicated in dementia and other brain ailments. For those under 60 years of age, fatty liver accelerates brain aging by seven years. And for the elderly, fatty liver adds two years to brain aging. This is according to the 2016 Alzheimer's Association International Conference. Fatty liver is also linked to strokes. A 2018 published study concluded that those with fatty liver, remember we're talking about 100 million Americans, about the one in three or a third of our population that have fatty liver. The 2018 published study concluded that those with fatty liver were likely to get the stroke and a more severe one, raising serious concerns about the relationship between fatty liver and this deadly condition. Accumulated data suggests that fatty liver is independently associated with increased risk of ischemic stroke. Moreover, it appears that patients with fatty liver experience more severe strokes and have more adverse functional outcomes than patients without fatty liver. And finally, fatty liver is linked to higher incidence of eugotic cancer. Alina Allen of Mayo Clinic, Rochester, Minnesota, I should say Dr. Allen, wrote in 2018, the risk of malignancy was higher in fatty liver versus controls, 91% higher than the general population when we take all cancers into account. Obesity is associated with the higher risk of cancer only in those with fatty liver and not in those without. This, my friends, is a frightening observation. But as I said, there are things that you can do every single day. You need to be taking responsibility for your health and you need to be detoxifying yourself. 
using coffee, treatments, drinking adequate water, getting exercise, sweating, taking supplements, and so forth. It can be done, and it can be fun, and it should be a journey that you enjoy. Now, there are some things that we need to do to help reduce stress. As I mentioned earlier in the program, we can take progesterone to help with that, but we can also do some things within our own control. Let's take a look. This is something that was called Resilius. Epictetus, the Greek philosopher, 2,000 years ago observed that it is not stressful stimuli itself that causes us pain or angst, but rather our response to it. And although difficult to comprehend at the time, we do have some control over our responses. One way to improve our stress reaction is to improve our resilience to stress. Just as an athlete, for example, can train and build stronger muscles to lift heavy weights, Resilience training can improve coping skills and help foster better decisions and outcomes to daily stressors. Traditionally used as part of warfare training, the military has led both the studying implementation of resilience training. POW training and other physical and mental tests have been used by the military to build better and more capable soldiers who face life and death situations on a regular basis. In recent years, the studying implementation of resilience training has become more common in the civilian world. Resilience is the process of Healthy adaption in the face of adversity, trauma, tragedy, threats, or significant sources of stress. In short, it means the ability to bounce back from different stressful experiences. Resilience is not a trait that people either have or do not have. It involves behaviors, thoughts, actions that can be learned and developed by anyone. According to the American Psychological Association, here are some things that you can do to try and build your resilience. Number one, make connections. Good relationships provide help and support. Number two, avoid seeing crises as insurmountable problems. Look beyond the present to see how future circumstances may be a little better. Number three, accept that change is part of living. Accepting circumstances that cannot be changed can help you focus on circumstances that you can alter. Number four, move toward your goals. What's one thing I know I can accomplish today? Number five, nurture a positive attitude. Developing confidence in your abilities and trust your instincts. And number six, keep things in perspective. Consider the stressful situation in a broader context and keep a long term perspective. Poorly controlled stress can have physical consequences, my friends, including increased blood pressure, abnormal heart rate, and cortisol levels. That can affect your memory, immune, and other systems throughout the body. So, to be told not to stress out is good advice, but you can also build resilience to cope with stress for a lifetime. I'm Dr. Dan Royal. You've been listening to The Royal Treatment this week, and I hope that you've learned one new thing today. If you have, then your time with us has been well spent, my friend. We'll be back next week with another episode of The Royal Treatment. But until then, my friends, may you all be well.